early when it was the NFL tampering period officially opening up earlier today at 11 a.m. Central Time. I'm Jeff Meller along with Tyler Aki and for Black and Abdallah this evening. They came out fast and furious with the addition of T.J. Edwards. And T.J. Edwards is the middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was their leading tackler this past season. Local kid, the Bears signed him early in the day. And then we waited. And we waited. And there were rumors that Mike McGlinchey was talking with the Bears. That was reported by Diana Rossini. And then shortly thereafter, maybe half an hour or so, Diana Rossini informed us that Mike McGlinchey was headed to the Denver Broncos, not the Chicago Bears, Tyler. And the Broncos added Mike McGlinchey for five years, $87.5 million. So a significant hefty sum, an AAV of 17.5 with $50 million guaranteed. And so the Bears did not get McGlinchey. And then we got word that Javon Hargrave, another target for a lot of Bears fans. The interior defender for the Eagles, who had, I think, double-digit sacks last year. The 49ers added him for four years and $84 million. And so that left the Bears without two guys, who a lot of people had linked them to. But a little bit later in the day, we got word that the Bears were adding Nate Davis. So they were finally adding an offensive lineman, a guard, from the Tennessee Titans, three years, $30 million. But it's, it wasn't quite the splash that we were hoping for. Right. And then shortly thereafter, officially, the Bears inked Tremaine Edmonds to a four-year, $72 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. Tremaine Edmonds is a former first-round pick by the Buffalo Bills, who is six foot five, 250 pounds, and he runs a four-five-three. tremendous athletic traits, he is a two-time Pro Bowler, and he is somebody who I think, by the addition, we can draw the conclusion he has all the traits that Matt Eberflus wants in a linebacker who he is going to hopefully mold into his version of Shaq Leonard here in Chicago. You bring up his accomplishments there. like He's young and he's successful, Tremaine Edmonds. And you probably wonder, how does a guy like that hit free agency? And it's a valid question, but it's because... That's how teams are constructed now. You look at what the Bills did. They had to go out and pay Josh Allen. They also pay Stephon Diggs. So there's going... They, they splurged on Von Miller That's last right. offseason. Exactly. Yep. So there are going to be casualties that you cannot hang on to as yep. a result of it. And at that position, off-ball linebacker, when you do have a pass rusher like Von Miller and you are so tied up financially to guys like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, yeah, that's going to be a guy who's probably not as high on the priority list and as a result, becomes available and is still a good player, even though they are hitting the free agency market. So that's the you know the news of the day for the most part. Anybody else stand out to you that we should mention to the folks out there um, when it comes to signings today? I will say Pro Football Focus did give the Bears an A-plus for the T.J. Edwards uh, deal. They gave the Bears a B slash B minus when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds for the fit need value grade. So they think they spent maybe they overspent a little bit when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds on the uh, in terms of the deal for the Bears. But um, as a fit, they gave him a B. And I think when you put it together with Edwards, I think the Bears definitely improved the linebacking core. The huge problem is the defensive line. Yes, there's still a huge void when it comes to talent on the defensive line, and that's where they need to fix. 
their problem, and it looks like it might have to come via the draft. We're still waiting on word for Draymond Jones, the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. defensive tackle, who also has been an edge rusher at times. He's the the real, I think, uh, the best piece still available in free agency right now that has yet to sign. And is he somebody the Bears could be targeting? Or would they pull the trigger on Jalen Carter if he fell to them at that ninth spot? That's the question right now. That is the question that James and Oakwan called in to ask or to answer. James, what do you got? You're on with Meller and Aki tonight. What's up? Yeah, hey, this is James. Yeah, tell us what do you, Hello, you uh, what do you think about yeah, Jalen Carter? I, I just wanted to weigh in about Jalen Carter. Um, you know, I feel like uh, the Bears, uh, you know, they need to take the, I guess you would say, risk on his character issues. You know, this he's so young, and from my own life experience, I've been through a few things. Um, I I won't say exactly the same, but similar to what he's done. And uh, as you grow into an adult, you completely kind of become a different person. And the, the, the examples of Randy Moss and Warren Sapp, uh, Tony Dungy took a chance on Warren Sapp, and he turned out to be a Hall of Famer. And Denny Green took a chance on Randy Moss, and he became a Hall of Famer. And those guys kept their nose clean. Sure, they James. Grew, I, they grew up and became a you know a, a real man. And for, James, child. for every Warren Sapp and Randy Moss, I will point out though, there's a Lawrence Phillips out there. You know, there's plenty of guys yeah. who You're have right. who have had character issues who have not You're been right. able to mature in time to you know uh, achieve sure. great things in the NFL. And now, don't but get me wrong, I'm not that, trying to say James that I think Jalen Carter should not be drafted, but I will just say like you can't just cherry pick. A few of the guys. And honestly, I don't think Randy Moss, like, like if you look back, first of all, there was there were stories about him liking marijuana. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The world has changed dramatically since that time, right? And I think right. Randy Moss has been proven that we look, most people look at the use of recreational use of marijuana mm-hmm. dramatically different than they did when Randy Moss was drafted. And honestly, it seems like people who have you know embraced the idea of using it um, have been I, I not even looked at in any way where the, it would be thought of as a, a quote character flaw, right? Right. Nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Randy Moss falling, I think, is it was shown out to be ridiculous. Warren Sapp's issues, uh, you know, he, he had, has had some demons in his own personal life, but he went on to have a very successful football career, right? That's what I think Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Ian Cunningham, Kevin Warren – We'll have to figure out, is Jalen Carter someone they think they can trust? Because I see what you're saying, James, but he's not. we can't look at what's happened right now and come to any firm conclusion that Jalen Carter is going to learn from this experience. It hasn't played out yet. Right. I, I will say this, and you and I have both sort of talked about this from our own personal lives. Like, we, we've done stupid things in a car before, sure. right? Mm-hmm. That's one that I think people grow out of real quickly you hope right right you hope especially if you've got someone guiding you there who could say hey mm-hmm. man look what happened we, we like you've had two instances now like and if we draft you you're all of a sudden going to have and i like i know um nil has maybe changed things a little bit but you're mm-hmm. going to have access to a lot of money now mm-hmm. right and your life is going to change in a lot of ways for the better if you 
if you put yourself in position where you don't let it get the best of you. Right. No, I, I'm with you there. I, I just think that this is one, this is an easy maturation. Now, you got to sort through the, the legal stuff of what's going to end up happening with, with Jalen Carter, but I, I just think that it, in terms of growing up and the, the years that he's in right now, like just as someone who, who was in that age not too long ago sure. as well, like that's something I look back on now at 25 and I think, man, that was really really stupid yeah all the all the stuff that you would do in a in a car that and the the drag racing and, and the reckless driving like it's really dumb like sure there's it's one thing to be speeding and going uh, 70 and a 55 right it's another thing to do what he was doing but yeah. I, I just think that's that's an easy one to grow out of and that's something that i'm not as concerned of but you're right that maybe that's in the era of nil now where you are forced to kind of grow up a little bit faster. Well, I don't even know but if it's that. I'm just saying, like, if you're drafted in the top ten in the NFL, what leads anyone to believe that Jalen Carter will learn from this instance, right? There's no guarantee by that. And so that's where a, quote, character judgment needs to be made by someone like Ryan Poles, and hopefully he can lean on Kevin Warren to say, listen, I, I don't know. He's a very talented player. But if he falls to you at nine... You have to ask yourself the famous question, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Mm-hmm. Talent-wise, yes, absolutely. Yes. But you have to understand that there's no guarantee that he would grow out of this during his time, during his playing days, right? And that's, you can't just be assured that because he's gone through some issues that all of a sudden, now, if he happens to fall a lot in the draft, maybe that will be enough of an eye-opener for him to say, yeah, you know what, I should have gotten a lot more money yeah i should have been drafted a lot higher but because of my reckless actions people can't trust me i need to grow up and prove to them that i'm worth the investment and maybe that would motivate him but if he's drafted in the top 10 i don't really look at it as any type of punishment for him right to learn from you have to just trust and hope that having gone through this experience having seen a teammates and somebody who you know personally uh, a recruiter for the program die You'd have to say, okay, I hope that's enough to for him to see the light. I guess that's that's and but I don't know. That's a judgment that Ryan Poles is going to have to come to the conclusion if Jalen Carter is still on the board when they're picking. And, and unfortunately, the the situation played out how it did, and it resulted in the loss of two lives. But sometimes, like when there are traumatic experiences like that, that's enough to kind of flip that switch instantaneously. You hope, you hope, and I and I understand though too, as fans. It's very easy to make it transactional and and say, oh, boy, you could be picking ninth, the same guy you would have taken if you had stayed at one. Right. Oh, my goodness. How great will this be for the team? And that's where a lot of people are at when they look at it, you know, just straight from a transactional standpoint. That's why the interview process matters, too. Yeah. When you're talking to these guys and getting to know them. Absolutely. You need to figure some stuff out when you're talking to them. You hopefully learn something. Let's try Joe, who's in Worth. Hey, Joe, you're on with Meller and Aki tonight. What's going on? Not much, guys. So um, I heard a lot of backlash with the uh, the Edmonds deal today with, like, a lot of Roquan talk. And I'm pretty sure in 2018 we picked up Roquan, and that was the same year that Edmonds was drafted. And there was two guys that I was eyeballing in that draft, and I wanted either the safety Jamal Adams or Edmonds because I, I I like both of their playing styles. Um, I know he had a lot of comparison to the, everybody said Brian Urlacher. He's a long, lanky guy. Um, 
And I don't think people are getting that. Roquan, yeah, he's a good sideline-to-sideline side side um, linebacker, but he doesn't fit the, the mold for Eberflus' defense. Mm-hmm. He, likes, he likes long, lanky guys, yep. and Edmonds fits perfect for that. Um, the other thing is, uh, even if we don't get um, – I, I know you guys were just talking about um, Carter – I would like him. I would like to see them go after the kid from uh, Virginia Tech because they said he's got like an eighty-inch wingspan, and I could see them totally going after this kid, and he would be sitting there just waiting for someone to pick him up. I'm hoping at at that spot because I mean I, I want them to at least get what they say like the the what was it the blue chip player or whatever blue players yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I I I I at least want a blue chip player out of this draft. So we don't lose all of our – I mean, it's nice to trade back and get more draft capital. I understand that. But I want somebody that we could plug in and play. And we could find someone to clog up that hole in the middle for uh, nose tackle, stuff like that, um, regardless if it's uh, – I mean, even if with some of the other guys that they were talking about, um, I know uh, the kid from Pitt, he's, uh, he's oh, undersized. Yeah. Wait, wait but, uh, uh, real quick, Joe. Did you mean Texas Tech? Did you mean uh, Tyree Wilson? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Because you said Tech, yeah. and I assume that's who you meant. But I just wanted to clarify for anyone listening. No, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I meant. But I mean, that, I mean, the guy's a beast, and mm-hmm. he's he's up there. I mean, stat wise, he's pretty close to the kid from uh, Bama, Will Anderson. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I hear you, Joe. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna spring you here because we got lots of people on the line. But what I will say is, I think you're right. Like. I think Ryan Poles has every intention of trying to land a blue player, right? I think that's why he probably was happy to trade with the Panthers at nine because I think he looks at it and he assumes four quarterbacks are probably going to – definitely three, but probably four are going to come off the board before they select. And then he mentioned there were six to eight blue players in the draft according to their scouting department. They were still finalizing it, but he said anywhere in the neighborhood of six to eight. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those are quarterbacks – but I right. have to believe that they probably have – I think they probably – he may not have even been counting the quarterbacks when he said six to eight right. players. And if that's the case, that's why it made it easy to go to nine because he thinks they can get a blue player picking He wouldn't be trading past it. I wouldn't right? think so. And I think the other part, too, is like even if, even if he is including quarterbacks, I don't know if Ryan Poles likes all four. Right, with how many no, flaws uh, yeah, we've seen in all of these guys, I, I don't think I'd imagine probably no one or more two. than two. Well, yeah, I, was gonna, exactly. I was gonna say no more than two. One or two of them are probably blue. Um, and, but honestly, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if his six to eight don't even include quarterbacks. I wouldn't either. And, no, that, and that would mean that going yeah. to nine still, no matter what worst case scenario, still gets them one of their blue players. Um, he mentioned Tyree Wilson, who yes, he is honestly based on the measurables. He's one of those guys who who you, you wouldn't be stunned if he ends up having a better pro career than Will Anderson. But Will Anderson's a great – he's an alpha dog in the locker room, somebody who yeah. could lead a defense. And I think that's why it's so easy to see him being uh, you know, that one of those top three picks probably by the Arizona Cardinals if they stick there. But I don't think Tyree Wilson's going to be available for the Bears to select. I think he's likely to go like – Fifth, if yeah, that's Seahawks a combine riser right in their there, spot, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, it might have to come down to someone like Kalijah Cansey, or maybe the Bears have to pivot and take one of those tackles, whether it's Paris Johnson or 
you know, the guy, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, who I'm a little bit reluctant about because, unfortunately, I'm scared of the arm, the arm length. The, the short arm length does scare me off a little bit. I have to be honest about that. Don't love it. Yeah. Don't love it, Tyler. <laughs> I, know you, I know you don't, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, like, you're in a spot where you're drafting. You're, your board is going to have a lot of needs, and and you look at how many different players you can you can pick from here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players that I think Bears fans are comfortable with taking at that ninth spot. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Taking your calls on the Bears action today so far as the legal tampering period has opened, and I do want to bounce some of the trades that have gone on in the NFL. When it comes to number one wide receivers, I want to bounce them off of Tyler, and we will come to a conclusion as to how well Ryan Poles actually did with this trade with the Carolina Panthers. 312-332-3776. Miller and Aki in for Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. News slowing down, I guess. So we just all uh, going to bed for the evening when it comes to uh, NFL free agent tampering period. I don't know. That's when Ryan Pohl strikes, when there's the lull, it seems like. I guess. It's gone a little quiet here. Still lots of big name tickets available on the board here. But uh, slow movement over the last couple hours, wouldn't you say? Yeah, not not a lot. I think I've seen a couple re-signings, but no, nothing... Nothing really worth now we're noting. Looks like we're hitting the negotiating period as we wait to see what the Bears do if they land any real significant line play on both sides of the ball. Of course they did add Nate Davis, so that was a nice piece. Right guard from Tennessee, three years for thirty million dollars, but they went out and got TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. They signed both linebackers to less than they would be paying Roquan Smith in total. So clearly, Ryan Poles making moves. Let's go out to Marcus, who's in Minnesota. Marcus, you're on ESPN 1000 with Mel Arnaki. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How are you feeling about today's uh, moves by Ryan Poles? Oh, man, it was it was great. Actually, um, speaking to that point that you just made about the, the two-for-one with the linebackers, mm-hmm. um, one thing that made me realize is, Everybody, you know, we were all focused on the big names, of course, the blue chippers, as far as as far as free agency, you know, the the, the Lando Browns and the McGlinchey. I don't know if McGlinchey's a blue chipper, but anyway, when we first heard the news about Edwards, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, you said, we were like, eh, okay, we're waiting on a big splash, though. And then you heard Edmonds signing. And then the Edmonds signing now makes the Edwards sign. Am I saying the right? It, it is Edwards, right? Yes, T.J. Edwards, yeah. and then Tremaine Edmonds. Edwards. So, so when you added Edmonds to Edwards, it makes Edwards sound look much better, sort of like the receivers. Um, so our receiver core looked terrible this year. But when you add D.J. Moore, then it makes um, Mooney and Claypool look much better because everyone's getting plugged into their rightful position. So um, hopefully that, that's how it plays out. You know, our linebacker core becomes that much better. Mm-hmm. And I think people just need to, you know, like look at that more as opposed to like if we got, um, you could say Roquan was a better linebacker. 
you know, on his own, but then we just had Roquan. But now, you know, you get rid of Roquan, now you get three good linebackers. Hopefully a Sanborn plays, uh, you know, plays out well. Yeah. So, I hear you, Marcus. The one thing else, you know, I do think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be a signing that is really going to be under the microscope because of, right. conversely, Roquan Smith. Yeah, and, and you see the dollars and cents laid out with it, too. And he needs to be better than what he did in Buffalo. I think they're signing him with the intention and idea that Matt Eberflus is going to make him a better player. He's a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's made two Pro Bowls in his career. But, again, the takeaways, as you mentioned, the T and the hits principle have been lacking a little bit. I think they believe that Matt Eberflus is going to be able to get more out of him. And I think if you, they have to because they're paying him a premium here. I think it was now the fourth highest paid linebacker based on the numbers. It's the largest contract handed out on a four-year deal for a linebacker. So they're paying him significant money. He's going to need to perform not just at the level that he, that he was performing at in Buffalo, but even above and beyond. So this is a move today. That Ryan Poles is going to be his his resume is going to be judged based on this significantly moving forward. So there is a lot on the line. And you bring up the the takeaways too. Like he has not forced a fumble since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So it's another thing to to just kind of keep in the back of your mind here. And like I'm not gonna lie, I was very excited. He's one of the players I looked at, and I looked at the intangibles, and I and not just the intangibles, but the tangibles as well. I'm like this guy, you know, he's a freak uh, athletically. Yeah, and you know. To pull back the curtain, I get, though, I like get, I get wooed by the right. combine numbers sometimes. I'm right. not going to lie. To pull back the curtain a little bit, like when I saw the breaking news come through, I said the Bears uh, have agreed with Tremaine Edmonds, and there was a a, yes. a shout from Jeff Meller. I was like, "Hell yeah!" You were very excited because about it. we we had we hit in the point where you know T.J. Edwards and and Nate Davis and it. It, let's be honest, it doesn't sound like, we don't know, but it doesn't sound like they're all in on the idea of bringing Orlando Brown in. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not going to land him and Draymond Jones, a lot of smoke when it comes to him potentially signing with the Cleveland Browns. So if they were not going to be able to land Jones and they're not interested in Brown, if they weren't, Edmonds was one of the last real significant playmakers I saw on the board. And I really hadn't heard the Bears being linked to him closely. No. It seemed like Bobby Okereke was their guy. And so I was a little like, oh, where is this going? So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by the signing of Tremaine Edmonds when you gave me a heads up and it, when it came across. So, um, If yeah. you told me there was no Orlando Brown or Draymond Jones on this team by the end of the day and the Bears made a splash, I would have been like, who's the splash? Yeah. And then... Uh, that just goes to to what you were saying about the the fact that there wasn't really a lot of smoke between the Bears and and Edmonds leading into free agency. Let's try Bry, who's driving around. What's going on, Bry? You're on ESPN 1000. Hey guys, I was just wondering uh, why is there uh, no conversation going about Nolan Smith, who two years ago would have been one of the top draft picks? Why are we not worried about maybe getting somebody like him? So, Bry, you know, it's a, it, listen. He has been actually based on his combine what he did. He has shot up, I think, a lot of mock drafts, right? He is right now currently going eighth overall in Todd McShay's most recent mock draft. And he put on an absolute show. He ran a 4-3-9-40. I believe he's the first, uh, was he the first defensive end ever to run under under 4-4? Or like the first guy in a long time to actually hit that number. So he... uh, he actually is, I think, going shooting up a lot of draft boards, Brian, based on what yeah. he did at the combine. If anything, his collegiate career 
was kind of a disappointment. Well, he had the torn pec the, muscle. Yes, but, and he was a guy who I believe once upon a time was the number one recruit in mm-hmm. all of college football. Yes. Number one recruits don't see their senior years very often, but he was a guy that did, and he was a, a big piece of, of two national championship teams, but it was the injuries that have sort of kept him out, and it's kept him out of every single season of his collegiate career. So the, the durability is certainly an issue, and sure, you can go out and perform and, and run run your little your Olympics for out there the underwear but, Olympics right Go exactly ahead. you can you can run the Olympics but you got to be durable as well and that's probably why teams maybe aren't as high on him yeah he's somebody who I think you could very easily see he, he's a guy who if you if he gets drafted in the top ten I guess I would be a little bit surprised because of the lack of production in the NFL you kind of want to marry production. And freak athleticism yes. in the top ten, if at all possible. Part, that's part of the reason why Peter Skaronsky doesn't appeal to me personally when I'm looking at guys who the Bears could potentially target. He scares me off just a little bit because he doesn't have that freak athleticism that I'm looking mm-hmm. for when I when my team's drafting in the top ten. But he does have the production at the collegiate level. He does. There's, mm-hmm. That's undeniable when it comes to that. And and I will say, if I have to choose between one of the two, freak athleticism or or college production on film. Give me the film every time. I'll yes. take that over mm-hmm. freak athleticism and the guy I'm trying to dream on and, and just project necessarily. 312-332-3776. All right, I do have to give you, though, the wide receiver trade comps. I want to yes. get your opinion on where Ryan Poles ended up uh, delivering DJ Moore and what other teams have done in the NFL. We'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Alright, so I've seen a lot of people load out the stats... When it comes to DJ Moore, how he would be the Bears' leading receiver in franchise history if he had simply spent his first five seasons in Chicago the way he did with the Carolina Panthers. He has 5,201 yards receiving in his career and 364 catches in the first five years. But I will say, this is not the first time the Bears have done this because back in 2012 when they acquired Brandon Marshall... Mm -hmm to reunite with his running mate, Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall had already put up 6,247 yards in his career, and he had had 494 catches. And oh, by the way, he had done that after putting only 309 yards up in his rookie season. So he he had had a slow start to his career. He had gone to three Pro Bowls by that point, though, and that is something that DJ Moore has not done. So this is not the first time the Bears have brought in a premium wide receiver, and it's not even the first time they're bringing in a premium wide receiver who has played for the Carolina Panthers because Moosin Muhammad famously came to Chicago after having a monster season. He had gone for his a career-best 1,405 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns for the Carolina Panthers. Moose did that in 2004, just had a monster year for the Panthers, and then signed with the Chicago Bears thereafter. And then after a time in Chicago where he never eclipsed 1,000 yards, 
Moose famously said, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been been here, done this. Age 12. As Bears fans, yes. And nobody really has been able to, I think, you know, really dis, uh, debunk the idea that this is where wide receivers go to die. Now, DJ Moore will try and do that. What I will say is that if you look at what teams have been willing to give up for number one wide receivers in recent history, three last season, three off season, uh, three last off season, it's significant, Tyler. The Dolphins dealt five picks to the Chiefs for Tyreek Hill. A first, a second, two fourths, a sixth, and then, oh, by the way, they also had to sign Tyreek Hill to a four-year, $120 million deal, 72 of which were guaranteed. The Las Vegas Raiders dealt two picks to the Packers for Devontae Adams, a first and a second. They also signed Devontae Adams to a $140 million deal for five years, 65 of which was guaranteed. And maybe the best comp would be A.J. Brown. The Eagles dealt two picks to the Titans last season for A.J. Brown. Now, they did so on draft night, so they knew exactly what picks they were giving up. The 18th overall and the 101st overall and they signed A.J. Brown to a four-year, $100 million deal, 57.2 of which was guaranteed. If you want to go back a few years ago, the Buffalo Bills dealt four picks to the Vikings for Stephon Diggs, a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. And Stephon Diggs was signed to a $96 million deal for four years, 48 guaranteed. So here's the difference between the Bears and those other trades. It's that... The Bears, uh, in this transaction, I feel like are the seller of the piece. They're selling off the most prized sort of yes. commodity in this. Correct. Whereas in those other trades, those teams, the whether it's the Eagles, um, the Dolphins, the all, all the other teams that were making the Raiders, those, they're the buyers. Yes, they and, all wanted the receiver. Right, they're targeting the receiver, whereas... The Bears, they're kind of getting him as a part of the package in their selling of the number one pick. And that's why I think it's it's advantageous for the Bears in terms of trying to develop DJ Moore into a true, bona fide, unquestioned number one receiver. Is if you're getting this guy while you're doing the selling, mm-hmm. that to me is a complete game changer and why getting DJ Moore in this trade is so valuable. Yeah. Because all right, now you still have even more capital to go out there and maybe DJ Moore isn't quite a number one, but he's a really strong number two. You can still go find a number one, whether it's in next year's draft, whether it's someone's disgruntled and you want to trade for someone. Maybe the the T. Higgins conversation resurfaces next year, right? Mm-hmm. Then you maybe find yourself in the situation where you can become the buyer ultimately. The one thing I'll say is if you look at now Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, I think based on what they had accomplished at their point in their career, they're better than what DJ yes. Moore has done. Mm-hmm. No However, doubt. not even close. And AJ Brown was a monster last year, but if you look at AJ Brown's numbers before last right. season when he got paired with Jalen Hurts, very, very similar to what DJ Moore has accomplished. They're not going to be, nothing's going to be exactly the same, but look at the numbers that AJ Brown produced in Tennessee before he got to Philadelphia. He had never cracked 1,100 yards, had he? He no. was like right around he 10, was 1051 and 1075 and then 869. Now, I think he had 11 touchdowns one of those he years. He did, right? yes, that second and year. And so there's the difference. But honestly, touchdowns, like DJ Morris had seven. He had seven last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're good enough as a passing offense, you will, the touchdowns will come. Well, here's the other part too, right? We How many times did we see the Bears get into the red zone 
and then not score touchdowns well, and settle for Fields, field goals. And, but also, right? Justin Fields runs in a lot of right. touchdowns. Right, yeah. So... That's one of those things where, all right, DJ Moore getting into the red zone could just lead to more touchdowns for him, too. And if you want to, and I, I mentioned Stefan Diggs, before he got to Buffalo, Stefan Diggs also had only had two 1,000-yard uh, receiving seasons in his career, neither of which had gone over any of the totals that DJ Moore has produced. In the, uh, playing for Minnesota, Stefan Diggs never had more than 1,130 receiving yards. And he, in terms of touchdowns scored, he was right around where DJ Moore was. He had eight touchdowns one season, nine touchdowns, and then six in his in his years with Minnesota. Then, of course, he gets to Buffalo paired with Josh Allen, and he shows that he's one of the best receivers they in football, together, right? Yeah. Um, but if you look at what DJ Moore has done production wise, you look at all this trade capital that teams gave up to get these number one wide receivers. It's very comparable, and so. I think Ryan Poles hit a grand slam with this trade that he pulled off. And anybody who I think Tyler says they wanted, they're like, I saw someone was afraid that the that the Panthers are going to go off and trade this pick and get, who cares? get more. Like your blinder has to be up for that. I do not care what the Panthers get for that number one overall pick if they do tr- choose to trade it. And you're, I think, if that's what you're doing, you're undervaluing how much. Ryan Poles truly values DJ Moore. I think mm-hmm. he thinks DJ Moore is is a legit number one wide receiver. And also, he wanted to know going into free agency, hey, I've got my guy, and I know how much I need to spend or how much I have to allocate in my cap. Mm-hmm. That's what he was able to do by pulling this trade off before free agency began. And that was important to him because he wanted to know, hey, if I don't have DJ Moore in hand, then you know what? I, I have to address this. I might. I may need to address this wide receiver position, or my hand may be forced. I may feel compelled to have to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba right. if I don't have DJ Moore. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because you, you look at knowing that your cap situation as well. Like, sure, you can try to be flexible with it and restructure some contracts here and there, but you'd rather not try to go through that headache and, and push money down the road and stuff like that and find yourself in a potential cap hell situation when you've been in such a cap-rich situation as of late. And DJ Moore, like, sure, he is a good value in terms of contract right now, but it's not. let's not pretend like he's cheap either. It's still like $15 yeah. million dollars that you're allocating per season for him. So while it's a good value, he's not cheap. No, no, that, that's for sure. And you know what? If DJ Moore is very productive in his first season with the, with the Bears, he may actually be asking for a raise very yeah. soon because mm-hmm. he'll, he'll look at himself as underpaid in the wide receiver market. But obviously, that would be a great problem to have if you deem him you know, where he's good enough where you want to restructure his deal or renegotiate his contract then that would mean that the Bears and Ryan Pulse have gotten exactly yes, what they were hoping exactly. they got. And you know what? Then you're happy to pay that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're more yeah, than happy. Definitely. And the one other piece, too, I love is that by taking DJ Moore away from the Carolina Panthers, who are in all likelihood going to be starting a rookie quarterback, you have made the team that you're, whose, te- whose first-round pick you're going to be getting a lot worse next yes, season. Yes, you're right? taking away their, their best player on the offensive side of the football. Um, and, and look at the rest of that wide receiving core. That the Panthers have. Oh boy, there's nobody of note. On, it it on looks a lot roster. like the Bears. Why? It looks, it, it looks worse. way worse than the Bears last year. Ter- Terrence Marshall mm-hmm. Jr., uh, Shai Smith, Laviska Chenault, who I know is somebody who people have liked at times, but he's never really proven that he's a capable wide receiver in this league on a game in and a game out basis. And then Ian Thomas at tight end. 
that's that's a whole bunch of nobody. Yeah, as a as a wide receiving core. So the, uh, Aaron Wilson, who works for a television station down in Houston, is mm-hmm. reporting that the Texans held discussions with the Bears about trading up for the top overall pick, but it was ultimately DJ Moore that pushed the Panthers' offer over the top. So it looks like there was a legitimate Ooh, bidding war there. That's interesting. I'd be curious to see what type of compensation the Texans were offering. We know it would have been the number two overall pick. It likely would have been their second-round pick as you know at least mm-hmm. minimum. And you're probably talking about a next-year pick, too. Yeah. Boy, that's interesting, though, because if you're only moving down one spot, had the Bears dealt with the Texans, they would have known that they probably could have still traded back, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they would have definitely been getting a first-round pick back from the Texans, but that's very interesting. I wonder if we'll see what they were actually offering. Let's try no, Joe, who's on the south side. Joey. Hey, Joey. Yeah. Let's put Joe back on hold, see if we can clear that up. That's a good little gotta replay turn, that we got. Got to turn the radio down, Joe, when we uh, call on you. 312-332-3776. All right, we've got some interesting NFL propo- rule proposals by teams as well that I want to check in, uh, get Tyler's reaction to, and uh, your calls coming this way here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Miller and Aki here until 8. Back tomorrow, spring trading here on ESPN 1000. We have another pier of tickets to our 25th anniversary celebration live at the House of Blues on Friday, March 24th. Again, doors open at 11 a.m. Live shows from 12 until 6. If you'd like to purchase tickets, we still have a few tickets left at LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago and you can buy some tickets as long as you are 21 years or older. Again, events um, with a valid ID required. All right. Question for the pair of tickets now. Tyler Aki, my partner tonight, recently watched a game in Chicago sports history, a famous game in Chicago sports history for the first time because when it originally aired tyler what happened i was very young and was told i had to go to bed okay because it was the a the game was out of hand and b it was late all right so we recently shared that story the famous game in chicago sports history that has happened in the last 25 years young tyler couldn't watch it to its completion because he was too young and it was bedtime Yep. So, tell us, which game did Tyler recently watch for the first time? And when I say recently, it was during it was COVID, dur- yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When they were re-airing famous games because there was nothing live going on. All right, so if you can tell us, you will get a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary giveaway. All right, so today is the day, I guess, when NFL teams can submit rules for proposal or submit proposals for new rules. Yes, and Tyler, have you seen some of these? Rule I've seen changes? a few of them. Yes. The one that struck me as odd, I have to admit, was submitted via Tom Pelissero on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he said the Eagles submitted a rule proposal. I saw this that would allow players to wear the number zero, and they also submitted a rule where kickers and punters would be allowed to wear any jersey. Between the numbers zero and ninety-nine, so that's like. Oh no, no, no! Wait, wait, wait! I apologize. Kickers would and punters would be allowed to wear any number 
between zero and forty nine or ninety Ninja. through ninety nine. So that I think is what is uh, in the rule in college, correct? So, so kickers still can't; they still would not be used to be able to wear fifty through eighty nine, mm-hmm. but they would be allowed to wear the number zero. How ridiculous! I, I I'm actually a little surprised that the eighties aren't thrown in there yes, as well, exactly because of the popular. And we've had this conversation yes. before, but the popularity of wide receiver, a traditional number in the eighties, has now become. Uh, all these wide receivers, they want to go into the teens one, or single one digits, through 19, right? Yep, pretty much. And I'm surprised they didn't include the 80s and as well. I will say that yes, the the uh, the numbers, the numerals in the 80s for wide receivers has essentially been completely, you know, it's faded away because once they did legislate and allow wide receivers to wear the single digits, they all stopped wearing 80. Yeah. Basically, the only reason wide receivers were wearing in numbers in the 80s was because they had to right right yes. and then we quickly found out everybody wants a cool number and number mm-hmm. in the single digits or in the teens nobody wants to be wearing a number in the 80s anymore i guess except for t higgins right right is he yes. the only one i think i'm He's trying the to only think. dude right yeah you stand out uh, i guess if you go down that route but yeah there's yeah. there's almost no wide receivers who wear numbers in the 80s these days let's uh slip in uh call or two before we wrap things up let's try patrick who is in evanston hey patrick you're on with Mellor and Aki tonight what's up Hey guys, I um I had a friend this weekend. He played college football. Sent me a graphic of the Ryan Poles moves, mm-hmm. and he was out of his mind saying that it was a ten of ten in all respects. And my question to two of you is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> relative to guys that are currently in Ryan's position for the last say three to five years, I know it's early, but where do you think Ryan rates Oof. relative to those other peers? Here's here's the thing that uh, Patrick. I- we haven't seen most of these guys play a snap of football. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, to me, like, I, it's almost like how well does this fit into the marriage between Poles and Eberflus, right? Like, we heard Ryan Poles has final say on all the roster decisions, mm-hmm. but how well does their marriage work together in terms of getting players for Eberflus' system? And it maybe partially comes down to how good is Eberflus' system as well. So I, I'm not going to make a true judgment. I like the moves that have been made so far, but I, I'm still I, – I need to see it play out a little I bit. I would say this too, Patrick. Yeah, I think – so the process I'm really encouraged by, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Like everything Ryan Poles has done, um, willing to trade back. And I think this is important for every GM out there. It was the complete opposite with Ryan Pace. It's to understand your own limitations. Look at the best GMs across football history. They've all made numerous mistakes. The biggest problem is when you come in and you overvalue your own opinion of people and you think, oh, I'm going to be right. This guy's going to be the next great quarterback. That's how you end up trading up to number two and drafting Mitchell Trubisky over both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in that same draft because you're so confident you know better than everybody else. I think being humble and understanding that the, the more opportunities you have to make picks is going to be advantageous to you. And also what we're seeing a little bit is, the, is it seems like the same approach in free agency today, Patrick, is that Ryan Poles is saying, I'll, I'm more than willing to spend on guys, but at the proper value. Yes. You don't want to overvalue guys. And so I think he's on the right track, but I think it's still way too early for us to make any actual um, grade of where Poles is at when it comes to an evaluator. I'm intrigued to see his stance on running backs, too. And something yeah. that we're going to find out this off season as well, because of all the different running backs that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I also think that um, 
not bringing David Montgomery back would be telling of what his stance is, too. All right, let's uh, go out, and I think we have our winner here, uh, Nahal in Naperville. Uh, what was the most recent game that Tyler watched for the very first time during COVID? That would be the Bears-Cardinals. If you want to crown their B, go ahead and crown their ass. Yes. You are correct. We're going to crown your ass, Nahal. How about that? <laughs> We're going to crown your ass with a pair of tickets to our 25th anniversary celebration, all right? So we'll see you there, man. All right. I'll be there. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Again, we're going to be giving away tickets to the 25th anniversary celebration on shows all week long. So make sure you keep it locked here to ESPN 1000. But if you want to go ahead and pick up a pair, you can purchase them at LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago. All right. Anything else before we get out of here, Tyler? Uh, Austin Eckler. Don't, Don't pay him. Don't pay him. Austin Eckler, what are you doing, man? You're a running back. Where do you think you're getting this trade from, man? I don't know what's going on. All right. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to Jake for uh, producing tonight. We're back tomorrow. Don't forget, it's spring trading here on ESPN 1000. Mixed up lineup coming your way starting at.